Stand by for Places presents Leon and Lena by Jorge Butler. Directed and sound designed by Graydon Gund. Music by Anna Stefanik. Sound editing by The White. Produced by Frida Mattia and Graydon Gund. Starring, in order of appearance, Montgomery Morrow as Leonce, Enrique Willie as tutor and first servant, William Burns as Valerio, Scott Corey as King Peter, Fatty Kirko as second servant and curate, Kevin Sebastian as the president, prefect, and master of ceremonies, Anna Stefanik as Rosetta and the schoolmaster, Margie Zarcone as Lena, and Alexandra Kopko as the governess. A garden at the Palace of Popo. Well, Tudor, what do you want of me? Prepare me for my job in life, is that it? I'm up to my eyes in work. I'm so busy, I don't know which way to turn. First of all, do you see? I have to spit on this stone here 365 times in a row. Haven't you ever tried it? Do try it. It's most extraordinarily diverting. And then, do you see this handful of sand? Up it goes. <laughs> Let's have a bet, shall we? How many grains do I have on the back of my hand? Odds or evens? What? You don't bet? Do you believe in God? Or are you a heathen? I bet against myself. As a rule, I can do it for days at a time. Oh, if you can drum up someone who'd fancy a bet with me, I'd be most profoundly obliged. And then, of course, I must ponder the problem of how I might contrive to see the top of my head. Oh, what bliss if we could catch but a glimpse of the top of our head. It's one of my ideals. It would help me enormously. And then... And then an infinitude of tasks of a similar nature. Am I an idler? Am I without occupation? Ah, yes, it is sad. Very sad, your highness. Sad that the clouds have gone on drifting from west to east for three whole weeks. Fills me with melancholy. Quite right, your highness. Such justified melancholy. For God's sake, man, why don't you contradict me? You have urgent business to attend to, do you not? So sorry to have kept you. Congratulations, dear sir, on performing such an exquisitely bow-legged bow. Ah, how lethargic the bees are lulling on their flowers. How sluggish the sunlight sprawled across the ground. A terrible idleness teems on every hand. Idleness is the fount of all vices. The things people do out of sheer boredom. They study out of boredom. They pray out of boredom. They fall in love, get married, and reproduce out of boredom. In the end, they die out of boredom. What's more, <laughs> that's the joke of it all. They do it with the most earnest of faces without realizing why and thinking God knows what in the process. All these fearless heroes, these idiots and geniuses, these saints and sinners, these 
beckon fathers. In the end, they're nothing but well-disguised loafers. But why does it have to be me that knows it? Why can't I take myself seriously like everyone else and stuff this poor puppet of a body into a nice smart coat, stick an umbrella in its hand and turn it into something thoroughly decent, thoroughly useful and thoroughly moral? That fellow that left me just now, I envied him so. I could have beaten him black and blue out of pure envy. What bliss to be someone else for once, if only for a single minute. My God, how the fellow runs. If only I knew of a single thing in the world that could still make me run. Valerio! Yes! Are you put a finger on my nose? And you are mine. Quite right. You grasp my meaning? Absolutely. Right, then let's change the subject. In the meantime, I shall deposit myself on the grass. Let my nose sprout forth amidst the blades of green and inhale romantic sensations while the bees and butterflies rock themselves on it as though on a rose. Easy, old chap. You're snorting at the flowers like a giant taking snuff. The bees and butterflies will starve to death. Sir, I have such a feeling for nature. The grass is such a splendid sight. I'd like to be an ox to gobble it up. Then a man once again to gobble the ox that gobbled the grass. Poor wretch. You too, it seems, are afflicted by ideals. It fair makes you weep. You can't jump off a church tower without breaking your neck. You can eat four pounds of cherry stones and all without getting the runs. I tell you, sir, I could squat in a corner from dusk till dawn singing, Hey, oh, there's a fly on the wall, a fly on the wall, a fly on the wall. Just like that, over and over till the day I die. Enough, enough. That song of yours, it's enough to drive a man mad. At least then you'd be something. A madman. <laughs> a madman. Who'll trade me his madness for my sanity? Hey, presto, I'm Alexander the Great. See how my uniform sparkles, how a crown of sunlight glints in my hair. Generalissimo Grasshopper, saw the advance. Finance Minister Frog, need some cash. Dear Lady Dragonfly, how fares my beloved Queen Beanpole? Oh, Dr. Cantharides, I'm desperate for an heir. And on top of these delectable delusions, you get good soup, good meat, good bread, a good bed, and your hair cut for nothing. In the madhouse, that is. But as for me, with my impeccable sanity, I'd be lucky if it earned me a job in a cherry tree, helping the fruit to get right by. Uh, bye, bye. Well, come on then, help me. By making the cherries go red with embarrassment as the holes in your trousers. But tell me, most nobly noble sir, your work, your trade, your profession, your station, your craft? Sir, my consuming occupation is to be thoroughly idle. I am uncommonly skilled at doing nothing, have colossal endurance in the realm of laziness. Not a single callus defiles my hands. The earth has drunk not a drop from my brow. I am an absolute virgin where work is concerned. And if it wasn't just too much trouble, I should gladly take the trouble to explain these virtues at greater length. Come to my breast. Are you one of those spirits divine that glide without effort and unbesmirched through the dust and sweat, 
of the teeming highway of life and then enter Olympus like blessed gods with shining feet and pristine bodies? Come to me, come! <laughs> Hi-ho, A room in the palace. You may dress me now. Man must think, and I must think for my subjects, for they never think at all. They, they never think at all. The essence is the in itself, and that is me. I'm naked. Have you got that? The in itself is the in itself. Do you understand? Now it's the turn of my attributes, accidents, properties, and modifications. Where is my shirt? Where, where are my trousers? Stop! How, how disgusting. Free will is a wide open issue down there. <laughs> where is morality? Where are my shirt cuffs? My categories are in the most scandalous confusion. Two buttons too many have been done up. My snuff box is sitting in the right-hand pocket. My entire system is ruined. Aha! What does this knot in my handkerchief mean? Well, man, what is the meaning of this knot? And what did I desire to remind myself? When it pleased your royal majesty to tie this knot in your royal handkerchief, your royal majesty desired to... Well... To remind you of something. What a convoluted answer. Well, now, what do you think? Your Royal Majesty desired to remind yourself of something when it pleased your Royal Majesty to tie the snot in your royal handkerchief. What? What? These people are making me all muddled. I'm in the most appalling confusion. I don't know which way to turn. Your Majesty, the Privy Council is assembled. Yes, that's it. That's it. I wanted to remind myself of my people. Come, gentlemen, walk symmetrically. Isn't it very hot? You two now, take your handkerchiefs and wipe your faces. I get so flustered when I have to speak in public. My dear and faithful subjects, I wanted herewith to declare and announce, to declare and announce, for my son shall either marry or not marry, Either or, you understand me, surely. There is no third alternative. Man must think. Whenever I speak out loud like that, I never know who it really is, me or someone else. It frightens me. I am me. President, what is your opinion on the matter? Your Majesty, it may be the case, but then again, it may not be the case. Oh, how wise you are. <laughs> but what were we talking about? What was it I wanted to say? President, why do you have such a short memory on such a solemn occasion? Oh, I hereby declare this session closed. A richly appointed room in the palace. Are the shutters all shut? Light the candles. Do away with the day. I want night. Deep ambrosian night. 
Set the lamps beneath crystal domes amongst the oleanders, so they glint between the leaves like the flickering eyes of sleeping, dreaming girls. Move the roses closer so the vine can bathe their blooms like drops of dew. Music, where are the violins? Where is Rosetta? Away with you, all of you. Leance. Rosetta. Leance. Rosetta. Your lips are tired. From kissing? From yawning. Oh. Alas, Rosetta, I have the appalling task. Go on. Of doing nothing. Except loving. Hard labor, that is. Leons. Or it's my kind of pastime. Or your kind of laziness. You're right, as always. What a clever girl you are. I do so appreciate your penetrating insights. So you love me out of boredom? No, I'm bored because I love you. But I love my boredom as much as you. You're one and the same. Oh, dolce faniente. I look into your eyes and dream as though gazing into wondrous deep and secret streams. Your lips caress me to sleep like murmuring waves. Come, dear boredom. Your kisses are a lascivious yawn. Your every step a delicate emptiness. Do you love me, Leonce? Why not, after all? And forever? It's a long word, forever. If I love you for another 5,000 years and seven months, will that be long enough? It's admittedly much less than forever, but it's quite a good while all the same. And we can take our time with our loving. Or time can take our love away. Or love can take our time away. Dance, Rosetta, dance. So that time goes by to the rhythmic beat of your pretty little feet. My feet would sooner go out of time. My poor tired feet, you have to dance in shoes so gay. And yet you'd sooner rest deep, deep beneath the clay. My poor hot cheeks, you have to flare with passion's mind. For all the pallor you would sooner wear of roses white. My poor, poor eyes, you have to sparkle in the candle's light. And yet to flee your pain, you'd sooner sleep in darkest night. Oh, a dying love is far more beautiful than one that's growing. A Roman, that's what I am. To bring the glorious banquet to a fitting close, the golden fish to sport themselves in all the colors after a dying agony. See how the red of her cheeks dies away. How quietly the fire in her eyes go out. How gently the lilt of her limbs first quickens, then fades. Adio, my love. I'll cherish your corpse. <laughs> Dear Rosetta, what subtle experience they are that can cry. Go, stand in the sun to make these precious droplets turn to crystal. What fantastic diamonds it would yield. You could make a necklace out of them. Oh, diamonds.
eyes. Yes, I can feel them cutting into my eye. Oh, Leons, may I hug you? Be careful, my head. I've buried the corpse of our love in there. Look through the windows of my eyes. Do you see how beautifully dead the poor thing is? See the two white roses on her cheeks, the red ones on her breast. Don't touch me. One of her tiny arms might break off. Such a pity if it did. I shall have to carry my head quite straight on my shoulders, like a weeper bearing the coffin of a child. You're mad. Rosetta. <laughs> Thank God. Leonce, look at me. Not for anything. Just once? Not even once. Are you crying? <laughs> it wouldn't take much for my darling love to be reborn. I'm glad I buried her. I'll cherish the memory. <laughs> Such a poor way from I, so frightened on my own. Oh, dear grief, I beg you, won't you take me home? What a strange thing love is. You lie abed for an entire year in a kind of dream. And one fine morning you wake up, drink a glass of water, put on your clothes, pass your hand across your forehead, and you come to your senses. You just come to your senses. My God, how many women does a man need to sing his way right up and down a scale of love? Any one woman covers scarce but a single tone. Why is the haze above our earth a prism that splits the white-hot stream of love into all the different colors of the rainbow? So where's the wine I'm to get drunk on today? Oh, won't I manage even that? I sit as though in a vacuum jar. The air's so sharp and thin I feel as cold as if I were skating in winter in cotton trousers. Gentlemen, gentlemen, do you know what Nero and Caligula were? I know. Come on, Leonce, give me a monologue. I'm willing to listen to every word. My life gapes at me like a great white sheet of paper that I'm supposed to fill with writing, but I can't manage even a single letter. My head is an empty dance hall. On its floor, a few wilted roses and crumpled ribbons. In a corner, the remnants of broken violins. The last few dancers have removed their masks and gaze at one another with dead tired eyes. I turn myself inside out 24 times a day like a glove. Oh yes, I know myself. I know what I'll be dreaming and thinking in a quarter of an hour, a week, a year. God, whatever have I done that you make me recite my lesson so often like a naughty schoolboy. Bravo, Leonce, bravo! It gives me a real kick to call myself out like that. Hey, Leonce! Leonce! Seems to me your highness is well on the way to becoming a fully-fledged lunatic. Yes, all things considered, that's just how it seems to me as well. Though you were the one hiding under a table. Hold on, we'll discuss that matter at greater length in a moment. I've just got one more hunk of meat to scoff that I pinched from the kitchens and a bit of wine I stole from your table. <laughs> it won't take long. Ugh, how he smacks his chops. 
What idyllic sensations the fellow arouses in me. I can start again with the simplest of things. Eat cheese, drink beer, smoke tobacco. Get on with it, but less of that grunting and snorting and do stop gnashing those fangs of yours. Most worthy Adonis, do you fear for your legs? Don't worry, I'm neither broom-maker nor schoolmaster. Such thin little sticks are of no use to me. You certainly give as good as you get. I wish I could say the same for my master. You mean so you never miss out on the beatings you need? Are you really so worried about your education? God knows. <laughs> it's a damn sight easier to father a brat than further its education. It's terribly sad how a happy event can eventuate in unhappiness. What labors I've been through since my mother was in labor. No good that I can conceive of ever came from my conception. Concerning your conceits, I am quite unconcerned. Express yourself better, or I shall impress upon you my irrepressible displeasure. When my expectant mother finally made it around the Cape of Good Hope, and your father came to grief on Cape Horn. Quite right. He was a night watchman, after all. Even so, he didn't put his horn to his lips as often as the fathers of princes get horns on their heads. Your barefaced cheek, sir, is out of this world. I feel a decided need to get in contact with it. I have this passionate desire to beat you black and blue. What pugnacious logic! What a striking reply. You'll be struck for sure. I'll give you a thrashing for answering me back. Huh? <laughs> you're an argument that remains to be proved, considering the tangle your legs are in. In fact, your legs themselves will take some proving. Your calves are incredible. Your thighs, mm, problematical. Your Highness, forgive me. I do. Mr. President, I do, just as I forgive myself for my extravagant generosity in listening to you speak. Gentlemen of the Privy Council, won't you take a seat? What a terrible face these people make when they hear the word seat. Just squat on the ground and don't be embarrassed. After all, sooner or later, it'll be the last position you ever fill. There's nothing in it except for the gravedigger. If, if it please, your highness. Stop snapping your fingers like that. You'll drive me to murder. If, if, if you would be so kind, so extremely kind in, in view of the fact. For God's sake, stick your hands in your pocket or sit on them. He's gone completely to pieces. Pull yourself together. <gasps> never interrupt a child in the middle of a piss. It can never get it going again. Get a grip, man. Spare a thought for your family and the nation. Lose your power of speech, and you could suffer a stroke. If your highness will allow me. Good heavens, you can read? Right then, let's have it. What his royal majesty is pleased to convey to your highness is the news that the keenly awaited arrival of your highness's bride, her most serene highness, Princess Lena of Peepy, may be expected tomorrow. If my bride is awaiting me, then I shall do her the favor of letting her wait. 
I saw her last night in a dream. Her eyes were so huge that Rosetta's dancing shoes would have done her for eyebrows. And instead of dimples in her cheeks, she had cesspits each side to devour her laughter. I have a lot of faith in dreams. How about you, President? Do you dream sometimes? Do you have premonitions? Of course he does. Like clockwork, the night before the royal roast gets burnt, a capon kicks the bucket or his royal majesty gets gut rot. By the way, isn't there something else you wanted to say? Spit it all out. It's the supreme royal will that on the day of your wedding, all the instruments of the most supreme royal will shall pass into your highness's hands. Kindly inform his supreme willy-nilliness that I shall attend to everything, save which that I shall ignore, which, however, will be decidedly less than if it were twice as much. Gentlemen, you will excuse me, I do not escort you to the door, but I have a passion at present for remaining seated. Nevertheless, my graciousness is so great that even my legs are inadequate to measure it. President, I beg you, measure the distance between my legs so you can remind me of it later. Valerio, show the gentleman out. Show him out? What, like a herd of cattle? Perhaps I should fasten a bell on the president? Good heavens, man, you're nothing but a walking pun and a bad one to boot. You're the fruit of libidinous vowels, not ordinary mortals. And you, dear prince, are a book without letters full of nothing but dashes. Come now, gentlemen. Ugh, ugh. Something very sad about the word come. If it's income you want, you have to steal. To come up in the world, you have to be hanged. Well, the ultimate outcome is when you're buried, but when it comes down to it, you can rely on your wits when you've run out of words, like me right now, or you even before you have opened your mouth. There, gentlemen, you have had your come up, and so seek, I beseech you, a comely departure. How mean I am to lord it so over those poor devils. But there's no denying it, there's a certain pleasure to be had from a certain meanness. Hmm, marriage. You might as well try to drink a well dry. Oh, Shandy, dear Shandy, if only someone would give me your clock. My God, Valerio, did you hear what he said? So you're to be king. What a laugh that'll be! <laughs> You'll be able to swan around the countryside all day in your carriage, ruining folks' hats with the constant doffing. You'll be able to reduce proper people into proper little soldiers if that was the most natural thing in the world. You'll be able to convert black frock coats and white neckties into public servants. And then, when you die, all the mirror-bright buttons will go blue in the face and the bells will be tolled so much that the ropes will part like rotten string. Won't that be fun? Valerio, Valerio, we need to do something completely different. What's your advice? There's the world of learning. How about that? Let's become philosophers of a priori or a posteriori. A priori, that's something my venerable father could teach us. A posteriori, that's how everything begins. Like an olden day fairy tale, once upon a time. Well, then let's become heroes. Ra -pa 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 -pa. Uh, but heroism wears so terribly thin. 
gets stricken with the fever and can't survive without new recruits and rash lieutenants. You and your Alexander the Great and Napoleon romanticism. Then let's become literary geniuses. The nightingale of poetry is around us all day with its beautiful song. But the best of it has gone to the devil. By the time we've torn out the feathers and dipped them in paint or ink. Then let's just become useful members of human society. I'd sooner resign from the human race. Then let's go to the devil! Alas, the devil's only there for the sake of the contrast, to make us appreciate that there really is something in heaven after all. Valerio. Valerio, I've got it! Can't you feel the wafting spirit of the south? Can't you feel the rhythmic pulsing of its ardent azure air? The light glinting on the golden sun-splashed earth. The sacred sea, the ancient marble columns and bodies. Pan, the great god, sleeps, and in the shade above the distant roar of waves, the mighty figures dream of Virgil and his ancient magic, of tarantellas and tambourines, of torrid, teeming nights alive with masks, guitars, and flickering torches. Lazzaroni, Valerio, Let's be rascals. It's Italy we'll go to. A garden at the palace of Pipi. Yes, it's here. It's now. I never bothered my head at all. Time slipped slowly by and... All of a sudden, the special day is full upon me. A wreath of flowers adorns my hair, and the bells. Oh, the bells! See if only the grass would grow up all around me and the bees go humming above my head. See, now I'm fully robed with sprigs of rosemary in my hair. Isn't there an old song? In the churchyard, bury me deep. Let me like a baby sleep. Poor child. Princess, how pale you are beneath your sparkling jewels. Oh, God. I could fall in love. Of course I could. We're so alone, after all, and grope in the dark for a hand to clasp until we die, and our hands are loosed and laid out each on our separate chests. But why drive a nail through hands that never sought each other? What has my poor hand done to deserve it? This ring is like a viper's sting. Yes, but they say he's a real Don Carlos. Yes, but he's... A man. Go on. A man for whom I feel no love. Oh, fie, what shame I feel. Tomorrow all my bloom and fragrance will be gone. Am I like the poor hapless stream that must needs mirror its silent depths, whatever images appear above it? Even the flowers open and shut as they wish to the morning sun and the evening breeze. Is the daughter of a king, then, less than a flower? Oh, poor angel, you're such a little lamb, and they're taking 
you to slaughter. Yes, and the priest has the knife already poised in his hand. My God, my God, is it really true that redemption comes only through our own pain? Is it really true that the earth is a crucified Christ, the sun his crown of thorns, and the sand the nails in his feet, the spears in his side? My child, my child, I can't bear to see you like this. It can't go on like this. It's killing you. Perhaps, who knows? I have an idea. We'll have to see. Come! We hope you enjoyed this Standby for Places production. If you want to hear more radio plays, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. New episodes come out every Wednesday. And follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash standbyforplaces and Instagram at standbyforplacespod.com.